Welcome to Make It Stack, episode number five. Uh, you're with your host Will and Joe, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's Friday evening, and uh, yeah, we just we had, again had issues with sound, but it's all a learning experience. Yeah, yeah we'll be able to sort it, I'm sure. But yeah, I don't really know. But, yeah, we'll be able to sort it, I'm sure. So, how's, how's your week been, Joe? It's been good. Um, got my degree back, which is exciting. Um, so that's all in the bag, and uh, yeah, kind of moving forward and bits and pieces. Still got ongoing effects of coronavirus affecting kind of the day to day operations of um, the business. But other than that, it's all, yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Cool. So I mean, I guess if you're listening to the to the podcast and you you're sort of uh, f- following the the episodes, you might be interested to hear about. Joe's business. Yeah, uh, I do bespoke clothing for, um, I basically do bespoke clothing orders. Uh, it's mainly focused at the university uh, market, although I've um, done rugby clubs um, and yeah, schools and various other bits and pieces. So it's, yeah, it's, it's the manufacturing of bespoke um, clothing and yeah, all things like that. So it's kind of, yeah, what's keeping so busy? So this is kind of uh, kind of got to go full full into it now, haven't you? With with your uni being over, yeah, uni's the, done. So it's kind of like you're staying down the barrel of yeah the rest of your life essentially of normal work. Yeah, so. I I think Jordan Belfort when he did the Oxford Union speech, he sort of had this analogy where you're basically burning, you're burning the ships, which is what the Founding fathers did when they got to America. Mm. Do you feel like you're burning your ships, Joe? What does that mean? You know, like you sort of uh, committed to your yeah, path, or, or, do you, or do you feel like you got your options open? Uh, well, I feel like my options are open uh, outside of getting a graduate job at a um, commercial property consultancy, essentially. Mm. Um, and I, to be honest, I don't think I'd have too much of an issue getting a job in that field maybe I mean maybe I would I don't know but my degree wasn't fantastic but um but that's quite narrow if you think that you can do anything you essentially want to do apart from that I don't think that's a massive issue and that's kind of how I am looking at it um yeah and I enjoy doing what I do more and I get more freedom and um yeah so it's I kind of get what you mean but it and, and to a certain extent it's probably right that you're kind of committing to the cause and you're yeah, you're going full tilt on that, and as a result, you're burning the bridges um, to property consultancy, essentially, which, you know, is no bad thing. I'm yeah. Be because it kind of fits my personality better, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, great, great stuff. I mean, I guess from, like, an investment point of view, um, you know, people love to talk about diversification, um, mm. you know, having having multiple, multiple routes to, to potentially go down and benefit mm. from but on the flip side it's quite good to have a strategy that you're fully focusing on mm. as that might help reap the rewards yeah but all all interesting stuff and uh yeah, you know 100%. i'm sure i'm sure uh we'll we'll hear any developments like further, further down the track I hope so. um 
Yeah, uh, Joe's actually got an Instagram account called Make It... Uh, what's it called? Not Stash, Make It Stash. The Stash, the Stash company. company, yeah. yeah. The dot stash dot company. Yeah, yeah. so... so uh, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Um, so, I guess, moving on to, yeah, like, investing. 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 Things to talk about. Um, yeah, so, like... Took the plunge on Spotify. Yes. Actually, yeah, that, I was going to bring that up, actually. Saw yeah. three shares. I can't remember how many it was. You didn't, didn't Three shares, I think. Three shares. 11.95 plus FX. Commission. 15 quid, probably. All in all. Yeah. Um, Hargreaves Anzan is notoriously poor value for buying overseas shares, I think. Uh, there's something like a 1.5% FX rate on um, on buying shares denominated in foreign currency. There's a 1.5%? Oh, okay, so, yeah. Something like that, yeah. So they, they take they take a spread off the FX nice rate. Margin. It is a nice margin, yeah. Um, but again, it's uh, hopefully 13, 14, 15 pounds well spent. I agree. Uh, if if Spotify goes from strength to strength, but uh, I saw actually earlier this week, Spotify was up nine percent on the day or something. But yeah, but yeah, that was kind of like coming back up from six percent a day, six percent down the day before. So it's kind of like, oh, that's really yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. If you get if you got it, before it, that, it just <laughs> it's quite funny actually how how all these really keen investors, myself included, sort of really likes to just check the markets every day mm. it's like oh yeah i'm up 1.5 percent in this stock or yeah i'm up five percent and then like next day you're like, oh yeah i'm down three and then and it's like oh yeah i'm up 5.5 yeah, percent oh no i'm down i'm down two and it's just it's, no, it's like it's it's, it's it is very interesting and the thing is is uh i feel like nowadays when everyone has so much access to information yeah um you have the potential to really sort of have sensory overload and just become very panicky especially mm. when the, when the market's going down i mean like if you're looking at the end of this week there's a bit been of a text uh sell-off i think i mean like tesla and um you know microsoft potentially and these other other companies have like gone down by like five ten percent over over thursday and friday yeah and um you know, if, if, if you sat at a computer and, you, and you're interested in this stuff, you'll see that happening real time. Mm. And it's just, um, I don't think it's particularly healthy to, to do it too much. Mm. I think, I think uh, there's a good, there's a good uh, payoff in sort of not sort of being too focused on, on, on the real time happenings because it's, yeah. it's all noise, isn't it, really? Yeah. A, lot, a lot of it's noise. And it's hard. It's hard to cut through the noise, sometimes. Mm. Um, yeah. So interesting developments. Um, but yeah, no, no, no real allocations um, in my portfolio this week. Um, I think my my regular savings are going through in a couple of weeks um, into. Uh, the JP Morgan Chinese Investment Trust, and then after that, I think they're going to go into the Legal and General uh, International Index Trust Fund, uh, which we've touched upon before, which is which is um, very very cheap exposure on a sort of global basis. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of the plan for me. No no real calls to action. Um, I'm not really um, looking to. Uh, you know, pull the trigger on anything major. Yeah. Um, just, yeah, just sort of tick, ticking over and, and uh, yeah, just, just see how it goes. Nice. Um, well, good then. 
all good. All good. All good in the investing hood. Yeah. Um, quite interesting actually. I I recently um heard this news article about Robin Hood. Have you heard of Robin Hood? Robin Hood traders. Yeah, it's yeah. like this US um US sort of uh trading platform that's kind of geared towards millennials and kind of young people. It's all meant to be kind of like really really edgy and like I, yeah. I, I think it's the platform itself isn't available in the UK but there's talk that it might sort of um start to be an option for UK investors but anyway there's this really interesting story of this guy called um uh, I think it might be like Alex Cairns or, or mm. something something Cairns and anyway he pretty dark actually he committed suicide because he was apparently down $750,000 in his margin trading account. Um, and I think that might have been off the back of like trading like leveraged options or something. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that was quite eye-opening because it just shows, it just shows like how, um, how dangerous these spread brand platforms are for like really, really um, inexperienced Youngsters. Um, I can't be that inexperienced because gambling that kind of cash. No, the, so so right. So I, I didn't get to the, the the bottom of the story, but essentially, um, they was they were saying that potentially there was a kind of um, a, a display glitch where it actually said that he was down X amount where he might not have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the thing with leverage is that um, you know. Say 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 you deposit ten thousand, then then you trade, you know, um, fifty to one leverage. Yeah. You you've essentially got the exposure of fifty thousand, um, fifty thousand pound portfolio, and so like you magnify your gains. So yeah, if if you're trading fifty to one leverage and it's up it's up two percent, you're going to be up hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, but 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 then if you're trading fifty to one leverage and it goes down two percent, you're you're basically your capital's blown out the water yeah and so it's really easy for people to get um just get absolutely destroyed on these uh leverage betting platforms when they might not understand what they're doing and uh the functionality surrounding the the platform uh they're not like super clued up on yeah um and it's like it's kind of weird because they um they kind of have this like level up feature i think they refer to it as like a level up thing where basically you have you can actually like complete these questionnaires that basically uh, show that you're a sophisticated investor. Yeah, uh, and I'm not entirely sure how how accurate that is, you know, just because you can answer a couple of questions doesn't necessarily uh, yeah, mean you're, yeah. you're ready to, to, to take on uh, that, that sort of leverage with, yeah. with, with sort of obscure financial derivatives because you're not actually buying any shares in a company. Like with me and buying shares and funds, you kind of know what you're getting, but with yeah. in the dark world of options and futures and yeah, just general like contracts for difference. Yeah. It's all a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. Interesting. I remember someone, um, Mark Baum said about the, I think it was the American banks, or might have been the European banks, or might have been both actually, that they, during the financial crisis, they mistook a genius for leverage and they, because they were so leveraged and everything was going up that they just thought they were in, you know, Absolutely, like these legendary investors when they were just super leveraged and um, yeah, I don't know, it's kind of a little snippet. Yeah, that that is interesting. Mark Bourne. 
Um, but it's it it is it is quite scary, I think, because there's all these millennials, uh, and to be fair, people older than that that actually like the idea of of getting rich quick. And I, and I feel like in this day and age where attention is so limited and everyone's trying to grab your attention, yeah. the way in which you you pedal your business line to some extent is to kind of create this sense of urgency in the in this sense of you know getting rich quick mm. and um i think it's fair to say that um you know getting rich isn't necessarily a quick process unless you win the lottery or you like inherit some money and um i think pre- preying on these inexperienced youngsters um you know just to sort of take their capital in a sense yeah and like even 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 with these a footnote saying that 75% of brokerage accounts in these like leverage platforms lose money. Mm. It still, it still doesn't deter people because people, no, people, people, people are impatient and they're overconfident, I think. Yeah. yeah interesting. So, um, yeah, so it's a pretty, pretty sad story. Yeah. It's sad. So, yeah. So we were going to speak today about, um, about, the we might have touched on it before is about the cost of um yeah what was it the cost of cost of um passive track funds passive tracker funds versus actively managed more expensive funds is that right or is that no so I, I yeah i mean i guess we can touch on that as well but kind of um i read i read this article in in the newspaper actually uh last weekend that was basically highlighting the difference in portfolio value um after a certain amount of time when you're invested in a passive fund uh with a higher ongoing charge than, than with another passive fund that, that has a lower charge yeah um and, and it's quite interesting here so so essentially w- w- they, they they compared two tracker funds that looked to track the uk FTSE all share one of them was the Vanguard UK All Share Index Fund, and the the other one was the Virgin UK Index Tracking Trust. So, the objectives of each of the funds were the same, which was just to provide a you know broad exposure to to the UK market. Um, I'm trying to get the figures here. So so basically, if you invested ten thousand uh, pounds in 2020, um, and you let's have a look here. I think I think you assumed a five percent growth per annum. Um, basically, the there'd be a sort of a divergence in the Vanguard uh, UK uh, tracker fund versus the Virgin one, and so by the time you get to twenty fifty five, there's basically a um, like a seventeen thousand pound difference. So so after 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 yeah after forty years five percent per annum growth, the Vanguard uh, tracker would be worth sixty four thousand nine hundred, and the Virgin one's forty seven thousand one hundred. So that's quite a significant difference in in portfolio value, given the fact that the uh, funds are tracking exactly the same thing, and and that was sort of something I was going to go off, which is basically you know. The one thing that investors can control, one of the few things that investors can control in investing is their cost of investing. Mm. You know, you, you can you, yeah. you can really try and limit your um, 
you can really try and make a concerted effort to to limit your um, the the fees that you incur. Interesting. Yeah, because that that's true. That's quite an interesting thing. Is is you have total control over the cost of what you're going into, um, and so it might be smart to well, I don't know, as you were saying, it could be quite a smart decision to try and um, limit that. Because the way that plays out is that you're spending loads of money on kit. Yeah. Yeah, and so, and uh, so like for me, for me personally, um, I'm with Hargreaves Lansdowne, and they have this um, platform charge structure where. Um, if you hold assets in an ISA and their funds, it's 0.45% per annum, so 45 basis points per annum. So like if you had £10,000 in an ISA, you're paying £45 a year. Um, but there's a slightly different structure for, for shares. So if you hold equity, so shares, bonds, investment trusts, ETFs, um, you you pay 0.45% a year but there's a cap of 45 pounds a year so that that's that's really important because essentially what it means is that when you have more than 10,000 pounds of shares in your isa you're not going to pay more than 45 pounds a year whereas if you had funds in that same isa you would so so just to kind of scale this up say say you did really well with your investing and you, and you had a good salary and you managed to sort of squirrel a lot away over the years and you had a hundred thousand pounds in your ISA, you'd be paying four hundred and fifty pounds a year to hold funds, but only forty five pounds to hold shares mm-hmm. of the same value. And so that you know that that that's a four hundred and five pound saving every year. Yeah. Every year. And and that's and that's really going to you know, as as we touched upon with, with the previous example with those with those track funds there'll be a divergence in the in the performance of the portfolios. Yeah. So that's 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 something that 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 uh that I think's really important. I mean would you would you agree with that, Jay? Would I agree with that? Yes. I yeah. I would agree with it, yeah. Um yeah, uh, yeah. Cool. I mean you're you're um really knowledgeable yeah. on, on sort of the cost of the cost of investing essentially and um, sort of options and yeah. how much you're spending on different things. And then it's quite interesting seeing how that, you know, seemingly quite small difference in cost per, per annum mm. plays out um, to essentially affect your overall portfolio value in the long run. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's interesting. So I, th- I think, um, you know, we've touched upon the, the ongoing charges for, for the track funds, but, you know, an almost as, as as significant key consideration is to yeah look at the platform you're actually going to be with. Yeah. So I I fully fully state straight off the bat that uh, I'm very very much aligned and I've nailed my colours to the massive Hargreaves Lansdowne. Mm. The reason for that is that I actually really understand the platform and I, I know I know how it works because I used to work there. Um, but I, I I think it's really important for investors when they're starting out to really research the the platforms that are on offer and to understand their charging structures because there are some platforms that charge uh, a fixed rate percentage on on assets whereas there are other other platforms that charge a uh, like a fixed pound amount like you have to pay per quarter yeah and so depending on the size of your portfolio and the assets you hold in that portfolio um 
different platforms will, will will be cheaper than others and it's not it's not the same for 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 every individual so that that's that's something that you really need to consider and and that is you know if i want to invest in shares a lot or do, or do i want to get into actively managed funds yeah. or passive funds you want to you want to look at wh- what what charging structure from which platform will benefit you the most mm. Um, and you know, and so for example, like Va- Vanguard, they they're they're sort of like the the kind of top shelf um, passive platform that people can use, and yeah. they have like lo- loads of really really super low cost um, products on there. And so if you were somebody that you know wasn't, you didn't really care about generating alpha, I don't think hybrid Zanzan would be the best thing to do potentially, because mm. um, the the platform charges at Vanguard are lower. You're probably saving like twenty basis points versus Hargreaves Lansdowne. So yeah. just it's just it's just something to consider, really. What yeah, what what I find really interesting is what you just, from what you said was that it's something that you can control. Um, mm. So it's something to really consider because there's a lot that you can't control. Um, obviously, you can control allocation, etc. But in Canada, how that allocation plays out over the years, you have essentially no control over whereas mm. the cost of that over those years you do have control over yeah so, so it's really something to think about yeah um yeah, yeah i guess and and just and just uh for for my kind of trajectory mm. i really like the idea of having a fair chunk of my portfolio in uh etfs that track um pretty pretty well-renowned benchmarks for example the s&p 500 yeah you could get you could get a vanguard etf um, with a sort of zero point zero six percent ongoing charge, yeah, and then if you couple that with the fact you have already ten thousand over ten thousand pounds worth of shares in an ISA, you're not yeah. going to pay more than forty five pounds a year. So, mm-hmm. so you're you're really you're really minimising the, the 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 cost associated with running your portfolio, yeah, uh, in that in that way. Um, so, so that's that's all good. And then I guess off the back of that. Um, it's kind of slightly unrelated, but like another thing you can control is how often you actually rebalance the portfolio. Yeah. So when when you when you're invested in all these different uh, ETFs, for example, different funds, and then say say the UK um, does really well compared to other developed markets or, or emerging right. markets, you you could actually look at that like once a year and be like, you know what, I feel like I've got too much UK exposure. Sell a bit, sell sell off a bit of that exposure, and then reinvest it into the other areas of the portfolio to go yeah. back to your allocation. And um, it's been proven that that can actually maintain maintain the expected returns, but mm. reduce the volatility. Yeah. Uh, and again, you know, risk adjust. You want to minimize. Sorry, you want to maximize the uh, return you get for for every sort of every level of risk that you're you're running in the portfolio mm. so again that's that's something else that, that in, investors can um really consider so yeah, re, yeah. Re, rebalancing and investment costs of running the portfolio yeah easy good stuff yeah um that's quite interesting it's just kind of touching on the costs i guess of, of various bits and- yeah and um i guess that on that same same snippet um on in, in the newspaper um this is kind of goes back to this sort of activist past thing we were talking about yesterday basically uh st james's place 
they they have their own sort of uh, branch of funds, and apparently two thirds of those have uh, underperformed the benchmark really? that they actually try to outperform, yeah. which I find is hilarious. Uh, here we go. Let's try and read this through. So, twenty eight out of the thirty nine funds fail to achieve their objectives or industry benchmarks. Uh, about forty eight billion pounds is managed by these failing funds out of a total of ninety nine billion pounds held by SJP. Mm. Um, which which is interesting because. Again, again, it just makes me kind of a bit, a bit angry here because essentially investors are paying to underperform. Yeah. Double whammy. Double whammy. You're paying yeah. to get something better, it does worse. It's like. Bang. Yeah. So that that was interesting, um, and um, and then again, the on yeah ongoing charges are higher. Some more more of the more of the gravy is going to the fund manager. Uh, what else did they say? So assuming 5% a year growth, a fee-free £1 million portfolio would gain about £3.3 million over 30 years. Mm. However, roughly a third of this would be eaten up in SJP fees and another third would be lost growth due to the fees. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, so basically uh, it's basically saying that you'd actually gain as much as St James's Place would over the period. And that that's interesting actually. So in terms of divvying up the divvying up the, the pie. Yeah. How much should go to the investor, how much should go to the platform. Yeah. That's, I guess that's, that's, that's something for another time. Um, interesting stuff. So, yeah, all in all, all in all, it's been a, yeah, pretty, pretty kind of quiet week, really, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Pretty quiet week, but I think you shouldn't expect every week to be crammed full of drama. Yeah, it's this. This is the thing with investing. It's it's not. Yeah, it's not really about. It's not. You really hope not. Actually, I think you, you don't want drama every week. Yeah, and it 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 shouldn't always be interesting. It shouldn't. Um, you know, sometimes it should be like, oh, nothing's really happened, blah blah blah. Mm. But it's just all about that sort of incremental, sort of incremental progress over over time, and just sticking to the plan and yeah. changing the plan when you think there's a, you know a necessary call to action. Yeah. Uh, and don't yeah don't don't trade on ridiculous margin when you're not entirely understanding of of the process because yeah I wouldn't want you to be down seven hundred and thirty k. Really rough, wouldn't it? Um. So so yeah. Cool. Um. Anything else, Wadjo? Do you think or no? Other than um, I'm torn with the idea of exiting my S and P five hundred position. Um. But you know I'm gonna. What's the rationale behind uh, behind that decision, Joe? Yeah. Selling the selling exposure to S and P five hundred. What yeah. what have you been What have you been reading? Uh, I I need, I need to. Uh, what I'll do is we'll we'll talk about it in the next pod, um, and I'll I'll research more as to why I think <laughs> I should be exiting the S and P five hundred. Yeah, I, that that's another thing you can control is is your thought process and decision framework before entering and exiting a position yeah. and actually understanding why you've actually done mm. something the amount of times actually that people just buy buy stuff from gut feeling it's like oh there's there's, there's like a, there's like a phrase it's like uh, got a hunch get a bunch that's it got a yeah. hunch get a bunch so it means if you got a hunch about something mm. get a bunch yeah, so you like yeah. go 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 in on it um and uh <laughs> whilst yeah. whilst if that came off you might feel feel really really good if it doesn't yeah. come off yeah it's not good anyway yeah. i think that, um it's by the by 
Cool. Great stuff. Bit of a short pod today, I think. I'm not yeah. sure how, how long we're on. Maybe 25 minutes or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah. thank you all for listening. Um, yeah, plenty more to come. More to talk about. Yeah. More allocations to be made. More allocations, you know, all aboard the investing train. Um, yeah. 100%. Great stuff, guys. Really appreciate you listening in. Yeah. And uh, yeah, take care.